my name is Therese Morgan and uh, I'm from Queensland. I'm the Queensland E-Learning Coordinator, which is Mel Dorian's equivalent in Queensland, um, doing a similar role. And she has asked me to introduce Wendy to you this afternoon. Now, Wendy's doing the assessment, What's It All About? And I have a little bit of information here on Wendy, which is in your program, but I will use to introduce her as well. Wendy is from the Taree Community College and Wendy is a tutor assessor for the aged care home care qualification as well as IT subjects. She has worked as a registered nurse since the mid-1980s in both emergency and geriatric field. Wendy's journey down the training pathway began about the same time, quickly settling into the areas of nursing health and IT. Her involvement in recent e-learning projects has further fueled a long-standing passion with technology and education. So I'll hand over to Wendy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm allowed again. Oh, that's good. All right, so what we're going to look at in this session is the assessment. Um, I know there's been a lot of it today. So what I'm going to focus on is looking at it from the point of view of those that are just starting out, what sort of tools are available uh, and how easy it is to get into it. Most of what you need you have access to now. Uh, some of you have noticed some interesting piles in the middle of the table there. That's for you to play around with at the end of me talking. So today you're going to actually do some e-assessments on each other. So there's some, some assessment tasks for you to do. <laughs> thought you'd be happy with that. They're easy assessment tasks. They'll take you back to your childhood. So Looking at e-assessment, what is e-assessment? Now, if we ask 10 different people, we'll get 10 different answers. So in a nutshell, all it is is basically if you use any sort of information technology, any sort of communication technology in an assessment process, that is e-assessment. So it doesn't have to be all the highfalutin using Moodle and all that sort of thing. If you have somebody complete questions on a Word document and email it to you, that is a form of e-assessment. Alright, so it doesn't have to be that complicated. The sort of technology that you can use, and I know you've seen all of these icons today, so it just kind of reinforces that what we're all talking about is the same stuff. So mine's kind of divided into the different areas. So we've got learning management systems, social networking, using virtual classrooms, uh, uh, internet video calls with Skype, using video technology, which is what you're going to be using later on today, uh, using audio, using your office uh, applications. The ones at the top, so Moodle, Mahara, through the Streamfolio, look at those as being the high-end version of it. Right? They're the ones that have got all of the functionality all wrapped up into one little package for you. They're the ones that, yeah, they do cost money, but what you're paying for is the quality, what you're paying for is somebody's done all of the hard work for you. But before you get to that stage, if you're just looking at starting out, there's plenty of other things that you can use, other tools that you can use to see, is this e-assessment thing, is it going to work for how we want to use it? You can use free tools to find out, 
to fine tune how you use it before you go up into something you know, high end, say up through into Moodle, to then work out, well, geez, we don't know where we're going. Anyone that's used Moodle, it's very easy to use when someone else has set it up, but it's a nightmare to set up for yourself if you don't have an understanding of how that whole process works. So things like using Wikispaces. You can think of Wikispaces as Moodle Lite. So it provides your learning management system for you. The users have to be invited. They have their logins. You as the trainer, the administrator, you can upload documents and so forth that they can access. Depending on how you set up the permissions, they can upload documents and so forth that you can access. So that's an easy way to have a look to see a learning management system. Is it what we want to use? Will it fit whatever it is we're trying to use it in? Iron out the bugs using Wikispaces. Then when you move across to Moodle, you've already got that concept in your head. And then it's so much easier to then fit into that Moodle-type environment. Okay? Most of that stuff you all have access to anyway. So you don't need to invest a lot of money to start in the e-assessment process. And from the user's point of view, so from your students, your candidates' point of view, it's software, it's applications that they are already using. So they don't have to learn to use something, learn to use a software tool while they're trying to learn whatever the, the course is that they're doing. So the guidelines that are available, what they're about in a nutshell is just trying to tie together a set of standards, if you will, for e-assessments. And the main idea of them is that whatever it is that's used is as accessible as possible for as many users. All right, so, you know, we have uh, Windows, we have uh, Apple, all right, Macintosh. They don't always talk to each other. So there's no point in developing something that the users have to have a Windows computer or they have to have an, an Apple computer. Right, so things that are across the board, using software that is basically readily available. Don't have to go and purchase some weird and obscure application to run anything. Uh, software that's readily available, they're going to be able to use anyway, so they're not trying to have extra learning. And the important thing is is that whatever it is that's used is not expensive. Right, so from a training point of view, a training organisation point of view, anything that doesn't cost money is great, we'll take it. All right, but if you have this U-Butte uh, uh, software, but it's $3,000 each license, we can't get a, a blanket license for it, you're going to have to do a lot of hard selling to the board. But if it's free, you're much more likely to be accepted. And that's the, the idea of the guidelines, is to make sure that whatever e-assessment is developed, it is as accessible as possible for as many people as possible. Right, now that is readily available. You can download it on your notes. The last page of the notes has all of the web links to this document, to some case studies, to all of those different tools that are available. So you've got all of the web links and so forth there for you. So I've done some of the work for you. So rules of evidence, we all know those, don't we? 
mutter, mutter, mutter under the breath. Yes? How many rules of evidence are there? Four? Excellent. Does somebody want to volunteer what they know they are? Yeah, are they the rules of evidence or are they the guides? Isn't this terrible? You're now the students. How awful! <laughs> All right, so they're current, authentic, valid, and sufficient. All right, all of those things still have to apply to e assessment. Okay, so we'll get rid of those. Alright, so let's have a look at just straight the concept of e-assessment. And the first thing we're going to look at, what are the pros of e-assessment? What are the good things about e-assessment? So those of you that are currently doing e-assessment or from what you've heard from so far this morning, who'd like to volunteer their ideas of what e-assessment is? Self-marking, yes. Anybody else? It's after lunch and nobody wants to think, eh? <laughs> All right. So looking at it from the feedback point of view, one of the, the great things with e-assessment, some types of e-assessment, it's immediate feedback. So the student, the candidate knows straight away, have I got this correct or not? Right, so as a form of e-assessment, for, for self-assessment for the students, that's fantastic for them. Augmented, what I mean by that is you've got the assessments to mark. The student hasn't quite got it. So one of the things you can include in your reply back to them is a link to go to a particular resource to read a little bit more about it. Self-assessment, as I said, so if you're putting together an e-learning package, as we've been talking about this morning, one of the things you can do is to have some e-assessment along the way that may be at the end of each chapter, and you see this in textbooks. At the end of the chapter, here's some questions for you to see. Can you answer them? Have you understood the chapter? So you can incorporate that into your e-learning. Timely feedback looking at that from the RTO's point of view, quite often you don't know how successful the delivery has been until after the course, until you've got all of the marking back and you suddenly realise, well, geez, you know, we had 10 students in there and there's really only two of them that have completed. And at the end of the course, that's a bit late to do something about it. But if you've got the assessment happening along the way, you can tap into whatever it is that they're submitting as their resources and get the answers fairly quickly. Are we delivering? Are we getting the message across? And it's much easier to make adjustments while the course is still actually running. One of the great things with e-assessment is it rep gives a great representation of the real world. Um, Talking this morning, people can be brilliant on paper and absolutely useless hands-on. So e-assessment using videos gives you a great opportunity to see, okay, it might be up here in the head, but they haven't got it down here in the hands. Or the other way, we've got people who are brilliant with their hands. You give them the task, 
they can do it correctly, they can give you all of the answers there, but if you ask them to put it in words, haven't got a clue. All right, so it gives us a much better representation that way. It's a safer environment to learn in as well. All right, pilots, fortunately, practice in simulators and not real aircraft. All right, so that's much safer. Uh, doctors now actually practice on pretend people, much to what we might think it might be the other way around. Right, so from the marking point of view, there's consistency in the marking. If you have quizzes set up, there is only one correct answer. So much more consistency from that point of view. With reviewable, what I've got there is, and I found this when I was doing, actually using the video as evidence. If you are standing there watching somebody do a task, now unless you're really good and you can remember all of the little boxes you've got to tick, you find that you tend to be looking away to mark something. Then you look back and you think, oh geez, hang on, how did you get to that step? Did I miss something? If it's on video, you can play it time and time again and get the whole thing. So it's much better from that point of view. The identical performance. Right? Our students are able to make an appeal against their, their mark if they don't think they've been assessed fairly. Now, if it's a practical task, if they then go and demonstrate it again a second time, can you honestly say that they haven't done any learning in between? Whereas if it's been videoed, all right, I've looked at it, this is the mark that I've given, and they go, oh, hang on, no, I was better than that. Another assessor now looks at that exact same video, and they are then assessing exactly what it was that I saw. So it's much easier from that point of view. It's a much fairer process as an assessor, right, and it's a much fairer process for that student and for other students as well. Distance, right, it's now no longer a barrier. You know, we're making use of the internet, so distance doesn't exist. So that's a very big positive for the assessment. And from an assessor's point of view, it is so much easier now to share resources. Right, you can stick it up on Dropbox, you can pop it up on SkyDrive, share it, and then other assessors can access it. And then the last thing with e-assessments, another one of the positives is the flexibility. So many more ways that we can present assessments that are much more exciting to the students than the boring old written questions. But also too, if we have to make those reasonable adjustments, that for whatever reason a student can't complete the assessment in the, the, the standard way, if we're using technology we have so much more flexibility available to us. Right, as an example, with that one, something that I did recently, I did a class with Aboriginal students. Now, they, these were um, units of competency, so I needed this thing called evidence. Now, working with Aboriginal uh, students, they're not big on the writing thing. Right, they're great on the talking thing. That is their way, their culture. Talking really doesn't work in my world from an assessment point of view. So what I was able to do with that was to keep both worlds happy. They worked in groups. 
they were writing down, making big posters of what all of their responses were, but at the same time, they were being videoed. So I had the video evidence that this particular person wrote these words. This particular person participated in the discussion. So that flexibility meant that these students could achieve the units of competency that they needed for the project that they were working on. And from my point of view, it met all of my requirements as an assessor to say, yes, this person is competent in this particular unit. So there's a lot of flexibility that's available. So let's look at some of the bad things about the assessment. Right, and one of the big things is the legal side of things, particularly if we're looking at videoing. All right, we've got privacy, we've got confidentiality issues. The area that I work in in aged care, that's a big thing. So it can be difficult to be able to do any sort of videoing in an aged care facility because one of the things to remember is that these facilities are actually the people's homes. So they're not there to be experimented on, they're not there to be played with. So there's those issues, privacy, confidentiality, copyright. If you're doing any sort of recording in an industry, maybe their processes might be something that's patented and what have you. So they're the legal things to overcome. They're more just a matter of being aware of them from the start. They are relatively easy to overcome so long as you follow the right process with them. Cost is the big killer because it's using technology. All right, so the cost of purchasing the technology, the cost of actually upskilling people to use it. All right, and then if we are going to use, have an internet presence, a web presence, right, unless you are lucky and you're able to piggyback onto somebody else's, that costs as well. And then there's the cost of the maintenance of everything, the cost of setting up everything. So there is a cost involved. But uh, you know, when I said before, those different applications that could be used, that different technology that was available, it doesn't have to cost a lot to start. And then use those to get your skills up, iron out the bugs before you go on to the more expensive stuff. Right, so the skills in developing the resources... Again, if you start off with the easier packages, you build your skills as you're going along. Using the technology, there's a couple of skills involved with that, isn't there? One or two. Right, the comfort side of things. How many people like to be videoed? <laughs> yeah, some of us do. <laughs> right, but not too many people are comfortable with it. Again, yeah, I can demonstrate the skills, fantastic, but as soon as you get that camera out, forget it. Okay? Have been recorded, again, not everybody's comfortable with it. One of the good things with the, the cameras and so forth that you've got here to use today is they're small. They're not really obvious. So what happens is, what I do is I allow the students to, to use them first, have a bit of a play with them so they become familiar with them. And then once they're used to them, particularly here with the bloggies, you just set it up, you just pop it over on the table or what have you. They're over here doing their skills. They're not even aware that the camera's there on them. Right. The commitment side of things from e-assessment is one of the big problems. The students themselves need to be driven 
All right, if they aren't driven to complete on their own, then it's not going to happen. From the, the tutor's point of view, the trainer's point of view, you following up your students is really important. All right, so it's checking up, you know, how are you going? Have you got this? This Remember, this is due by Monday, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. All right, because if you aren't driven to support them, to follow them up, unless they are really, really motivated, it's not going to happen. Okay. And then the support side of things. So you supporting them with using the technology, you supporting them, completing their tasks and so forth. But also, too, you need support. You need support from your IT guys in using the technology. So if you can't answer the question, you'd like to know that you can then pass that on to your IT support for them to answer it. So it's not something that can happen on its own. It's something that, that, that needs to be a collaboration. So what I've got here is just a couple of samples of some of the things that I use as e-assessment. Alright, so this one here is just a screen capture. I won't put you through the whole two-hour session. Alright, but this is just a screen capture showing uh, an Illuminate session. And what we've got is that we've got the students there, and I have changed that so you don't know who they are. But what we can see is that we've got the little yellow box that tells me who's talking. So we've got the recording here, so that's a form of validation. I know who it is that's saying it. What I've got the students to do here too is to use different text. So as a way of identifying who it is that's putting the answers up there. All right, so that's one simple form there. So that's a way of combining both the teaching side of things with an assessment side of things as well. All right, so here's an Excel workbook. And what this, this particular one here is set up for people. Uh, we have different levels of Excel that we do. And some people, oh, yes, I'm great with Excel. I use it at work all the time. I'm going to come in and do the advanced course. Now, one of the things you need to be able to do to do the advanced course is understand formulas. Using Excel and understanding formulas are different things. So this is a form of self-assessment for them. So what they can do is they can click on the task. I've got the data sitting up here for them. I've got their task for them. So they would complete the workbook email the workbook back to me, and then that's a way that I can see, yes, this person does have the skills that are needed. So you could use this in uh, an Excel unit of competency, the same thing. So it's a way of demonstrating that, yes, the student can do it because they send you back the workbook complete, so all of the formulas are there for you to be able to see. The same way I know it's their work when I give them an assessment and they hand it back to me a week later. It's the exact same process. You're relying on them, just as we do for now standard written assessments now, that yes, they are attesting that this is their work. All right. One of the advantages with using this is it's very easy to see when they come into class, did they really do this? All right. So it's the same process we're currently relying on. 
All right, this one here is a video. So this was a, sorry. Thanks, so I was just gonna make a comment to, the, to your answer to that question, which is 100% right. But also, you generally give them more than one assessment. Oh, gosh, yes, yes, definitely. So, yeah. well, they may get assistance with that take-home assignment task. Come the theory or some kind of practical within a monitored environment, then they, they generally show their true hand anyway. Yes, yes, definitely, yes. There yep. is more than one assessment. All right. So here is an example of video evidence, and this was shot using the bloggy cameras. All right. And what it is is... We couldn't do this in the facility itself, so it was done as a role play. So what this is, is demonstrating what's called a fault recovery technique. Right, there is sound that goes with it, but this is just what the video is recording. All I've done for today's purpose was to put it into Movie Maker and give it a title and so forth. Um, how does that compare to... When we were in there before, they were talking about doing things with um, the iPhones and, and things like that. Yeah, well, that's, that there was shot using these bloggy cameras. All right, so you could do the exact same thing using the camera with the iPhone. Right. One of the reasons that these cameras were chosen for the project that they were chosen for was it involved doing assessments in aged care. And confidentiality is a big issue. Uh, these don't connect to the internet. So the to upload the videos here, they have to go back to a computer to then be uploaded. And that was something that we needed for the peace of mind of the residents, the peace of mind of the staff and the directors of care, that they knew that whatever was shot on here wasn't going anywhere. Whereas if it is used through the, the iPhone, as we've you know, found today, is that you can video it and be streaming it live. All right, so that's why that was chosen there. But you would get the exact same result using your iPhone for video. And they could either then upload that through to YouTube, which you could then watch through it, upload it to um, a video portfolio, like, say, with Streamfolio, and then access it that way as well. All right, so what we're going to do today with the cameras that we've got here transfers directly across to using your iPhone cameras and your smartphone cameras and so forth. Okay, does that answer your question? Yes, Very good, thank you. All right, then one more here is a knowledge video. So what this one was doing is, again, it's a video recording... And it's using an interactive whiteboard. So what's happening is they have anatomy diagrams there to label. The um, flip chart that's being used is set up in such a way that if they don't put the right answer in the right spot, it spits it back out again. All right, and then we've just got the video that's, that's showing who it is that's doing it. Okay. And you will see later towards the end, one of the fellows actually puts the wrong answer in and it spits it back out again. So that's a way of combining two different forms of technology. The students found this much more fun than actually physically writing the labels down. Now, it's the exact same thing. It requires the exact same amount of knowledge, the exact same amount of work from their point of view, but this was much more appealing to them 
than what it was writing all the answers down. Right, and anything that can make the student happy to do an assessment task has got to be a good thing. Yes, yes, what the, this, uh, this particular one will record the board. Yes, so you've got the video recording from the board's point of view. Uh, but what it doesn't do is it doesn't tell you who it is that's putting the answers up. So by having the video evidence there, you can see who it is that's putting the answers up. Are you over anatomy? <laughs> Okay, so they're just some of the examples of the sorts of things that you can do with it. Which is great now because it's your turn. So what you have to do now is those exciting bundles in the middle of the table. You'll find on the top are your assessment tasks. Underneath are your assessment tools. There's instructions there for using the cameras. And in the beginning, I'm not going to tell you how to use the cameras. What I'm hoping is that one, I've written the instructions well enough for you that you can follow the instructions. But what I'm hoping you'll get from it is how easy they are to use. So your assessment tasks are really easy. You've got a wooden model there to make, some little furniture. I've pushed out all of the pieces ahead of time for you, so they should just pop out. For those of you that aren't in the construction industry, you've got some colouring in to do. So you've got some colour by numbers, you've got some dot to dots. What I want you to do is while you are doing the assessment tasks, I want you to video them. So video each other doing the assessment tasks. The point of view glasses, and there is only two sets of those, so we might share them around. You just put them on like normal glasses. Whatever it is that you're looking at is what's being recorded. All right. They do both, yes, both the bloggy and the point of view glasses will pick up voice. On the instructions there, there's a little bit of technical information for you as well. And no, I don't get a commission for all of the sales. The point of view glasses, if you think they're a fantastic thing, if you talk to Alex here, Alex is part of Streamfolio, who actually sent the cameras to me today so I could use them. So I do need to say a big thank you to Streamfolio for that. So Alex is the one to talk to for some more in-depth detail about them. Folks, we are going to have to wrap up because we've got another session following. If you've got your video ready, can you give it to Wendy so she can show it to the rest of the group, please? Just while that's getting uploaded, I'll thank Wendy now and give her her gift as a presenter. Um, if you didn't hear just before, what Wendy was suggesting was that there is a notebook coming around. If you write your email address on the notebook, she will give you the SkyDrive address and you can go in and have a look at the videos there because there will not be enough time today, unfortunately, to see all of those videos. Um, so thank you very much, Wendy. Some very interesting things and I think everybody enjoyed making the cradles and the beds. <laughs>